0: How's it going, everyone? It's Luke Munger of Dogman.com, joined by the legendary intern, Jack McCauley. Jack, how are you doing this Friday afternoon?
1: Oh, man, I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm feeling even better now. That you just gave me a little legendary status on the intro. Yeah. There we go. Legend it's already, well okay? Yeah, Heroes, you know? Legends never die. Heroes remember, but legends never die. Um, Sandlot true. quote. Um, <laughs> no, but we're doing good. Uh, Doing good, got, uh, you know, got a busy weekend, you know, Dogs game Halloween coming up, so a busy weekend for me. Awesome, sweet.
0: Yeah, well, you know, thanks for taking some time to break down the Stanford Cardinal. Two, three, and four teams going at it. Stanford is had an interesting year. Uh, they've had some moments of not so brilliance, like when they got hammered by Kansas State to open it. They also won at home against Oregon, which was their most recent home game. Uh, so an interesting team that the Huskies are going to square off against. Uh, and Jack, I'll start by asking about the offense. He did a deep dive into this group. Uh, what can the Huskies expect from the Cardinal?
1: Yeah, on paper, like offensively, they just do not look like a 3 and four team. Like when you're going through their roster, you see Tanner McKee, six 6'6 quarterback, um, throw, throwing for 1,700 yards this year, 14 touchdowns and only three interceptions. You know, that's like... Oh, he's leading the three and four team. Wow! So this is, I feel like, one of the better, if not one of the be- if not the best three and four team out in America. Just in my opinion, you know, just when going through the roster, watching some film, um, a lot of their issues have I felt like been more defensively breaking down rather than offensively. To be fair, Tanner McKee, um, you know, one game against ASU was a complete blunder for him, throwing for three picks. But nevertheless, you know, that says a lot about him that he's extremely consistent throwing the ball. Um, like I said, 6'6", six, six in the pocket, you know, he just kind of he's kind of like Big Ben, just stands back there, lets his progressions go, makes the right read. Um, he's very calm and very poised, something that's very effective in a college quarterback. I think he's going to be extremely good uh, in the next couple years. You know, I think he's going to be one of the best Pac-12 quarterbacks, um, you know, based on the year how he's doing this year. He took a mission, an LDS mission, then came back, but he was a former top 40 crew overall. So, you know, he has a lot of talent in him. Um, got a solid arm. He is super good touch. And that really helps too. When you're throwing the ball up to big wide receivers, you know, semi for last year was a monster at wide receiver. So you didn't really get to see anybody else outside in that receiver core. But once again, Stanford, they just do every year. They just bring back huge wide receivers. I don't know how they do it this year. They got the best guy is Elijah Higgins. He's six, three. He's got thirty three catches for 410 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and then Bryson Tremaine, 6-4 on the other end, 20 catches for 245 yards and five touchdowns. Those are just like two matchup nightmares, honestly, on the outside. And Washington has always tended to struggle with those bigger wide receivers, you know. they tend to. But, you know, on the right side, Washington does have two of the most athletic cornerbacks, I would probably say, across the nation in Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie. And I think this is by far their biggest test they're going to see this year. Um, they're going to have the chance to go up and get some balls. And I think if they can come down with them, maybe one or two, um, I think those will be huge difference makers, you know, at least limiting them and, you know, getting some pass breakups and, you know, hopefully not allowing them to move the chains. That's ultimately the goal here. Um, then you got Ben Urosek. He's a 6'5 tight end. You know, Stanford always uses their tight ends um, in the run and pass game. Uh, you know, he's, he's very good at Finding those holes in the middle of the defense and making you pay with extra yards. He leads the conference in tight ends for yards after the catch, um, and that's all. Not only a testament to like him being able to just you know finesse his way out of tackles, break up a couple with a stiff arm or such. That's that's credit to David Shaw and how he uses his offense. Um, he's mm-hmm. extremely he's extremely bright and with his tight ends and knows what to do. You know Stanford always has a knack for using their tight ends, whether it be Austin Hooper, Zachert, or Cody Parkinson. You know they use him a lot. He, and you know he he's going to be none he's the future for them too nonetheless and then I think the final guy to look out on offense receiving the ball is John Humphreys um, some UW fans might know his name that's because he was the former teammate of uh, Ethan Garbers and Mark Redmond back at Corona Del Mar when they see Kings they man they went on a couple big runs and you know went undefeated one state championship he's been banged up a little lately but you know knowing Stanford I think they're going to play him uh, they you know they always tend to play those guys you know that are banged up and uh, you know they just like to be ultra physical. I can just remember, you know, running backs, um, you know, Chris McCaffrey is banged up. You know, he would always play. And then uh, – oh, I'm blanking on the other guy, the guy after that. Um, who they oh, had, uh, Bryce Love. Bryce Love. He was always banged up. They kept him going. Here. I think it's the same sort of thing. They're just going to keep him rolling until something really keeps him out. Um, then in the running game, you know, Stanford, That you know, they're a real big physical team offensively. They have a big offensive line, but it's not as good as it has been in the past. They've lost two studs at tackle, Foster Sorrell and Walker uh, Little. So they had to replace those, but, you know, pass, pass protection has been has been pretty solid this year, has, haven't allowed too many sacks, but the run, but, you know, the running game has been a little bit suspect um, for some. I think Nathaniel Pete, the running back, has carried the bulk of that load, I don't think. I think his 5.6 yards per rush is more of a testament to him being a good running back rather than their offensive line opening up big holes. You know, Pete is just a huge downhill guy. Um Runs so hard between the tackles, and he'll drag a couple guys. You know, I think that's really why it's 5.6 yards per rush. You know, he's just so consistent. He's going to be right around there the entire game. And he's just a bruiser. He'll make you pay. And then you got Austin Jones. He's kind of their 1B. Um, you know, I would say this backfield is um, much like uh, who the, much like the Michigan backfield this year where you saw one, two guys, you know, con- constantly going in. Um, I think Austin Jones is their 1B. Um, he's more of the break. He's more of the flashy. He'll break a couple of tackles, only 3.6 yards per carry. He'll, he, he's not as he, I would say he's not as good at finding those open holes and good at using his vision as Pete. Um, I think he tries to do too much sometimes, but you know, sometimes he will be able to get away, break some tackles and find some open creases. He's very effective in the past game. I think they're going to use a lot of him with screen passes this week dump it off to him. And, you know, we saw how Arizona, how that went last week, Washington really struggled in, those, in the screen passes, those bubble screens on the outside. A lot of those big gains, you know, to St- Stanley Berryhill were, you know, because of those types of plays, I think they're going to use Austin Jones in that same same mm-hmm. format, line him up outside, you know, just kind of have him be a Swiss Army knife so he could torch the dogs. Um, I think, and I think, you know, if Washington wants to do well in this game, they're going to have to be able to contain him while containing Nathaniel Pete, you know. I think it says, you know, if they can keep Pete to, you know, three, four yards to carry and then not allow Jones to break away for any big plays like they did last year, I think they'll be in a good position overall. Certainly.
0: Now, you talked a little bit about maybe not being as physical of a run team as they've been in the past, although Nathaniel Pete is a solid runner in his own right. Um, I'm surprised to see that Stanford has a near 55-45 split favoring pass plays this year. Does it seem like they've opened things up a bit more? Are they still going under center quite a bit and doing that like kind of elephant package? You know, is it does it seem like a little maybe more modern Stanford offense? Yeah. does it look pretty much the same?
1: I would say they have modernized it a little bit. You know, obviously it's going to take some time for a team like that. You know, same thing as Washington, Iowa, Wisconsin. They all kind of do. You know, those multiple tight end sets, uh, fullbacks. But you know, they are modernizing their offense a little bit. They've been spreading the ball out. I mean, it doesn't hurt when you have guys that, that are six three, six four, six five outside. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it's, you know, they're easy to throw the ball up to. Um, and I think part of the reason why they have been throwing the ball to more this year is because their offensive line has been a little suspect in the running game. Um, but you know, Washington, they're, they're going to test Washington secondary. There's no question there. I think they're going to test them, but you know, I, if I had to guess this game, I'm saying 60, 40 run to pass just because, um, Washington has had such trouble, mm-hmm. you know, stopping the run this year. I think they're going to really throw that at them, but then, you know, you look at a third and five, third and four, they're not going to be a th- thread to ready to throw it up and let the receivers go make a play. So Washington's got to be real careful there, especially, you know, Trent McDuffie, you know, that hasn't been tested much this season. Honestly, he's been so good in coverage. I think this is the game where he gets tested. And I think this is his most challenging game of the season so far. Certainly.
0: Yeah. Another thing that stood out to me about the Stanford offense is that they only have seven turnovers total this year. Uh, and three of those come in one game, like you mentioned from Tanner McKee and two of them were picks by Jack West, who doesn't start for them. Um, so what is Stanford, like, how are they able to take care of the ball so well? And what do the Huskies have to do to kind of replicate what ASU was able to do? In yeah, they're
1: extremely games? smart. They're extremely smart. Davis Mills is a real intelligent quarterback. He knows when the pressures come into him, and he knows the right he, – he seems to always make the right decisions, always find, seems to make the right read. So with Washington, you really got to get pressure. We say it every week, and it sounds so cliche at this point, and it just sounds like we're saying the same thing over and over but they cannot get pressure. And If they really want to win games, if they really want to make plays, um, you have to get pressure. Luckily for them, ZTF is seems like he's coming back to more full health, so they're going to use him a lot. Um, you know, Ryan, Ryan Bowman. We don't know the status with him. Suffered that shoulder injury. What is he, you know how is he? What's his availability going to be like? So you know, look. You look at guys like Zion Tupola Patui. Um, you look at Cooper McDonald, Braylon Trice. You know all those guys in their so-called peso packages. They got to get after the key they got to be able to keep create some havoc on him if they're able to you know get back there maybe get an arm up cause him to make an error throw lose some of his vision that's where you expect washington to go make a play defensively um and hopefully change the tide of the game yeah so i
0: guess if you are the Washington Huskies here are a team – you're facing a team that's thrown the ball a bit more, but like you said, will likely look to run it out of Husky defense that hasn't been great at stopping the run. That said, they have some size mismatches on the outside with large receivers. Um So if you're the Huskies, how do you play Stanford? Are, are you trying to force Tanner McKee to throw the ball and beat you? Uh,
1: I, I, or- yeah. I think you got to force him to th- throw the ball just based off how – you know, you look at the last couple of years in general against Stanford, Stanford's really run all over Washington. They've dominated the mm-hmm. running game. That's how they won last year. That's how they clock up, you know, Washington had that little bit of a second half comeback, but you know, Stanford's running game was just outplaying them the entire, in the entire night. So with Washington, I still think you got to load the box and you got to trust your secondary. They haven't been tested this year on like the running game. So I think you got to trust your secondary secondary at the beginning of the game, see what happens, make some adjustments. If, you know, they do start getting beat, but right now I like the one-on-one matchups of Kyler Gordon and uh, especially Trent McDuffie on the outside. Awesome.
0: Great. Well, thanks for that offensive deep dive. We'll switch to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Like you mentioned, uncharacteristic of Stanford. Uh, This has not been a fantastic defensive unit to this point in the season. Um, So just a little bit of history here. Defensive coordinator Lance Anderson, he's been with Stanford on staff since 2007, which was the last time that the Huskies won down at the farm. Um, so he's been to D.C. though since 2014. In his first five seasons as defensive coordinator, they had multiple seasons where they allowed fewer than 20 points per game and never allowed more than 23 per game. But the last three years, Stanford has allowed 29.8, 31.7, and 28 points per game. Um, and honestly, it starts with Stanford just not being a very good run defense. They have Galen Wade Perry as their nose tackle, um, and he is a 340-pound behemoth in the middle, uh, but he hasn't been very effective against the run. He ranks 19th in the Pac-12 in, in, by PFF of interior defenders. Uh, and then Thomas Booker and Ryan Johnson, the other two starting defensive linemen, are nowhere to be found near the top of that list. Um, so you have three guys that average 310 pounds between the three of them have just not been getting penetration uh so they have a solid group of linebackers lavani dumani leads the team in tackles uh but they are a lot of times making tackles a few yards downfield because they just are getting sealed by three blockers because this defensive line isn't getting penetration they have a solid secondary kendall williamson is pretty good against the run and has been Kind of heavily relied upon because a lot of runs are getting into the second level. Uh, but another name to look out for is Caillou Blue Kelly. Uh, he's a six-two corner. Uh, he's physical, long. He has two picks and a pick six and seven pass breakups in seven games. Uh, so he's a guy that is going to be a challenge for the likes of Terrell Bynum, Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan to create separation from. Um, but yeah, I mean, uncharacteristic for most Stanford defenses. Although this is a big group and they have some big physical players they just haven't been able to push around opposing offenses the way that they have in the past. And it shows by them allowing over 200 rushing yards per game, over five yards per carry in 17 rushing touchdowns in seven games so far.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that, Luke. Um, you know, kind of like you said, Luvani Dumani, Ricky M- Mizen, you know, they've been, mm-hmm. they've been, you know, they've been not as effective in the running game based off of how, you know, how the defensive line has performed this year. But, you know, obviously Washington's offensive line hasn't held up as much. Do you think there will be a chance for those guys to make plays? You know, we obviously won't be seeing Richard Newton because of an ACL injury, more Sean McGrew, uh, Kamari Pleasant, Cam Williams. Um, So do you think – or Cam Davis, my bad. Um, Do you think, like, those guys will be able to make some plays against Washington's offensive line? You know, linebackers coming in making plays. We saw it last week against Arizona, some of their linebackers doing that.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a tough question. I think. Um, Like you said, Ricky Maison, Jacob Bacon farmer uh, Levani Dumani are are all guys who can move. I think one of the things, like, I don't know, maybe an expert analysis here, Washington's got a very big offensive line, but you've seen them get beat across their face a couple of times, maybe not being able to keep up with some people who can get penetration. I think it's interesting. Stanford and Washington kind of match up strength on strength in a way. Like, you just have two really big... lines. (laughs) lines. Like <laughs> that's basically what you're looking at. I don't know if Stanford's defensive line has maybe the speed or quickness to really take a ton of advantage of the Husky offensive line. I'm not saying the Huskies are going to run for six yards a carry against Stanford, but I actually I was thinking if there's any game that matches well right now for the Huskies to run the ball well, I think it is against the Stanford defense um that Just isn't as like they are big and physical, but they might not be as athletic to kind of take that physicality and be able to use it against an offense like the Huskies. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think that's a really great point, honestly, um, because Washington has struggled to run the ball this year, and it's partially because Washington has faced a lot of super athletic D linemen, D ends, and I think that's been their struggle. You know, they're so big that it's like, all right, are they athletic enough now? And I think when you look at guy, you know, you look at a big defensive lineman that's not as athletic and mobile. Washington's offensive line might be able to take the chance there, and you know, be able to have have a have a good game. Finally, um, with that being said, you know, Washington loves to throw the ball around. Surprisingly, they lead the team in the con- or in, or they Dylan Morris leads pack twelve quarterbacks in you know attempts and completions. Um, so, do you think Washington's going to continue to um, throw the ball around really? try and use the air attack or are they going to try and go power left, power right, you know, are they and that uh, and use their, hopefully try and uh, use what we could possibly see as an advantage for Washington offensive it's a line. Yeah,
0: that's a great forward. question. I think so if you want the second half of Washington's game against Arizona, they threw the ball really well, but I think it started on it. So obviously was the Tully-Latully-Nasuno interception, which was wild. Um, but then that drove, Or that next drive started with a few nice runs from Kamari Pleasant, which forced Arizona to kind of come up into the box, play some man defense, and the Huskies beat uh, Arizona deep and with some crossers and things like that. I think the Huskies will look first to exploit a not very good run defense and then use that to open things up. Another thing about Stanford defense is uh, they're just not particularly good at forcing turnovers. Uh, they only have two turnovers in the past four games, five total takeaways on the season, and have never had two in a game this year. Um, so I think if the Huskies are able to get things going at first on the ground, that will lead to play action, crossers, and deep shots and trying to take advantage of these, uh, or uh, of, I guess a Stanford defense that will be on its heels and forced to try to pack things in and slow down the Sean McGrew uh, Richard Newton,
1: experience, or, or I mean, Sean McGrew,
0: Kamari Pleasant, Cam Davis experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Jalen McMillan, Terrell Bynum have been their deep guys, um, it seems like, this year so far. Do you think that we're going to be seeing a lot of them, um, you know, Dill Morris maybe trying to take a shot early? You know, all the shots have seemed to come in, like, third quarter, fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That's where they've kind of tried to open things up. Do you think we'll see any early shots? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I am...
0: I guess the short answer is I'm not 100% sure. I think one thing that they will see is uh, if Stanford is going to try to bottle things up against the Huskies as well it, in a traditionally physical game. One thing that they've had some success with that I'd be excited to see is kind of the quick like bubble to Romo Dunze. He's a great playmaker with the ball in his hands, and I, I can see the Huskies trying to take advantage of that. Um, but, yeah, I think – I guess if I had to guess, I think the Huskies will look first to get things going on the ground. And I think if they find success early and then maybe have like a second and four second and three, you see the play action shot for
1: one of their, one of their speedsters. Well, for sure. For sure. I guess over overview of the entire game right now, confidence interval. Um, what are you liking? What do you see? You know, this is
0: kind of surprising the Huskies, you know, haven't won down on the farm in 15 years. um, they're three and 14, but I, you know, I'm kind of, I think I'm around a 5.5 confidence interval for this. I think it's time for the Huskies to kind of break that curse down the farm. <laughs> um, I think Stanford, they are three and four. Like you said, they're a good three and 14, but they're a three and 14 nevertheless. Like Kansas state has slowed them down quite a bit. They haven't ran the ball particularly well. Um, and even though Tanner McKee is a great thrower of the football, if they have to rely on throwing the ball, I like them. Like I, I feel better about a team having to try to beat the Huskies through the air, even if it's a great passing team like Tanner McKee and his big receivers. So I'm going to go five and a half for the Dogs. Uh, how about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm right on the four mark. Um, you know, like you said, 2007 was. You know, they've only won like what three times down, or they haven't won at the farm since 2007. Um, and I, and you know, just Washington, I just don't think they tend to play well. They're, they're a high energy team. They rely on energy, and I just think kind of you know you look around the locker room right now, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to um, rally under under Lake anymore. I don't know. I'm not quite. I'm not sure about that. I think it has to be seen, it has to be tested. They just narrowly escaped Arizona in that in kind of a similar environment. Not too many people down there, and against a team like Stanford who's better. Um, I just I just think Stanford is going to be able to. I think it'll be a close game. I think Washington has shown that they play almost everybody close, but. Um, yeah. I just like Stanford being able to, um, you know, use their size, especially offensively, and, and where Washington's run defense down, um, kind of like we've seen so far. I just haven't been able. To, I haven't seen anything that's been able to say, "Hey, Washington has some signs of life stopping the run." I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. So that's, yeah. I think, overall why I like Stanford. Washington. You know, I'm going to go with the four conference interval. Got it. Sweet.
0: So. You know, both of us kind of middle, right around the five mark. Right around the middle, um,
1: yeah. So I think it'll be a close one. Wouldn't uh, be shocked if they pull it off, just don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, totally. And obviously I could see it at five and a half confidence interval. I can see it going anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, an exciting game coming up. I think it will be a close one, no matter how you cut it. Pac-12 after dark, two, three, and four teams. It could be pretty ugly. Um, but I think it'll be entertaining. Um, so, as always... Come to dogman.com for pre, post, and in-game coverage. We also have some hoops around the corner, uh, so keep your eyes on the boards for that one. Um, but yeah, other than that, the dogs are looking to get their first win, in, the, uh, I guess down in the Palo Alto area since 2007, uh, and it'll be a fun one to keep track of. So thank you, Jack, and go dogs. Enjoy that claw, Lukey. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Celsius. It's an energy drink. Oh, close.
1: in a water
0: <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's not... I guess it is five o'clock somewhere, but not quite yet for me. I've got some work to do after this, but uh, go dogs. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever